0: everyone matt williamson here this episode is brought to you by live casino folks it's all going down at the fanduel sportsbook and lounge at live casino where you can get in on all the action this football season bet on your teams with a sportsbook rep or at our self-service kiosks and then jump into the stadium on our giant 40-foot video wall how's that for a touchdown join your friends at live casino pittsburgh route 30 at the westmoreland mall bet watch and win Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, as we usually do, I'm going to break down when the opponent has the football. Um, a couple nuggets before that. We'll do that in the second half of the show. Um, Bucks are starting to put things together, but they still have their their issues, to say the least. Here's one of them I just dug up. You know, I think many of you are familiar with this, which doesn't exactly scream great game planning throughout the week, but... Neither the Bucks nor the Steelers, I think you knew this about the Steelers, have scored an offensive touchdown in the first quarter of any games this year. So it's not just the Steelers having this problem, it's also Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't think I mentioned this as well, but in terms of turnover differential, Steelers have 10 takeaways, Tampa has 9, um, there are three teams tied with 11. So those guys are right near the top in terms of takeaways, but the Steelers have given the ball away nine times. And unfortunately, a lot of those are at the hands of Kenny Pickett, actually. Um, four teams have double digit giveaways and Steelers are at nine. So not great. Um, not a couple special teams nuggets. And then something I pulled from pro football focus to finish up this half of the, uh, pod. And then we'll dig into when the Steelers are on defense. um, doesn't sound like much, but missed field goals aren't that common in the NFL anymore. The kickers are unbelievably good, but there's been seven missed field goals in Steeler games this, this year already. I mean, one a game's a lot, let alone over one a game. Um, here's your core special teamers. I like to just update this every couple weeks. They, the Steelers have five players that have played 90 or more special team snaps this year. Jameer Jones. Miles Killibrew, Connor Hayward, who might get a bigger role on offense this week, who knows? Benny Snell, who hopefully doesn't, and Derek Watt. Um, to kind of put that in perspective, the Buccaneers have two a, a guys named KJ Britt and D. Delaney, which you probably don't need to know anything about, but they only have two specialty or two special teamers that have played 90 or more snaps this year. So. Say what you want about Steelers, but they do stress special teams and in terms of their roster building more than most teams out there. I mean, they absolutely do. Um, We had talked a little bit about man coverage versus zone coverage, stuff I stole from Pro Football Focus last week. Um, They have another metric about coverage I thought was kind of interesting that they call them true coverage rates and it judges... Mistakes you made in coverage, which, to be honest, I have a few doubts about if they know exactly the answers to the to the test here. But the, the this probably doesn't surprise you, you know, with all the big plays they allowed. But only the Browns had more coverage mistakes than the Steelers in Week 6. A lot of replacement players. I mean, it, again, that doesn't exactly scream great coaching either. Um, and then they have another metric in coverage where they call it perfectly covered plays, which is kind of the, the polar opposite. And the Steelers are last in the league, not just in the of the week. They're bottom three in perfectly covered plays. I just bring this up because it's something I'm going to start looking at. I mean, that only about a third of their snaps are what pro football focus deems as perfectly covered where The best teams in the league are right at 50%. So everyone's basically under 50%. But the Niners are at 51%. The Cardinals are slightly over 50%. they are the best, too. So just something to keep an eye on. You know, I mean, are they blowing more coverages than the average team? Um, I'm going to take my own eyeballs over pro football focus. But it certainly has been a problem. I mean, there's, you know, it's not ideal. And obviously, and we'll get into you know when the Bucks have the ball here in a minute, but if you blow a coverage against Tom Brady, I mean that's all you need to say. You know, I mean he, he not not to mention if you're trotting out Millette and Jackson and Steelers signed a corner today, I need to do some research on him. So that doesn't imply to me that they're thrilled with the health of their corners, you know, bumping a guy up from the practice squad. So you're gonna have replacement level corners, probably not safeties, but corners on the field against Tom Brady. So, I don't think you need a whole lot of deductive reasoning to figure out how that probably will go. So, quick break, and then we'll go through all the numbers of when Tampa has the ball here in a minute. All right, we're back. Including the playoffs, Brady has faced the Steelers 15 times in his career. And I'm sure you recall several of those instances. Hasn't gone so well for Pittsburgh. He's won 12 out of 15. How about this? 34 to 5 TD to interception ratio against Steelers. In his career, he's also squared off against a rookie quarterback 28 times. He's won 23 of those matchups, including... 12-in-a-row streak he's got going now, looking to make it 13. That's end of Tom Brady lifetime stats. We could be here for hours, obviously. We all have great respect for him, yada, yada. But we're talking about this game, not all the wonderful things Brady has done in his career. But I thought those were noteworthy, you know, against the Steelers, against rookie quarterbacks. He's pretty much tortured them. Tampa is throwing the ball 67% of their snaps. Only the Rams throw a higher percentage. But over the past three weeks, they're up to seventy-eight percent of their snaps, by far the highest in over the last three weeks. So they actually sort of tried to run the ball early in the season; haven't done it well. You'll hear about that many times. Um, last week, Brady threw for three fifty-one. Steelers allowed four thirty-two through the air. Um, Josh Allen and Herbert, Justin Herbert, are the only quarterbacks that have thrown for more yardage than Brady this year. He has thrown fifty-two passes exactly. In each of Tampa's last two games, this stat is mind-boggling to me. Since 2016, Brady's record is five and two when attempting 50, fifty or more passes. Okay, that doesn't sound all that insane. Okay, he's tried; he's done it seven times. He's won five of them since 2016. Fifty or more throws. The rest of the NFL quarterbacks during that time are 21. 105 and four when throwing the ball 50 times or more. That's bonkers. So he, <laughs> there's been 26 wins since 2016 when quarterbacks throw the ball 50 times or more. Brady's got five of them. There's been 107 losses. He's got two of them. <laughs> so that's just nuts. Maybe I lied a little bit about the uh, lifetime Brady stats. Of the 104 passes Brady has thrown over the past two weeks, 27 have gone to running backs. They are really starting to target Fournette and White a lot more. Uh, during the first three weeks of the season, Tampa's pass catchers gained just 292 yards after the catch. That was 22nd. But over the past two weeks, Brady's receivers have created 383 yards after the catch, by far the most in the league over that, over that stint. Um, he, I think I've brought this up to you before. Maybe not. Ben was notorious last year for being quickest to throw in the league. Well, Brady is this year, and I think Brady was second or third quickest last year. He's at 2.4 seconds, which is still noticeably longer than Ben took last year. But you're not seeing any negative results. Everything's not short nickel and diming mean, him. That's the beauty. That's the ama- one of the amazing things about Brady is he holds the ball very short, but still throws long, which... So if you just think about it, it is unbelievable. Uh, he is 12th in EPA per play, just ahead of Burrow, right behind Herbert. Um, but he only has one multiple passing touchdown performance so far this year. So five Bucks wideouts have played between 113 and 221 snaps this year. And a total of nine wideouts have seen the field in, in, for the Bucks this year. So had a lot of injuries, a lot of shuffling at the wide receiver position. Mike Evans missed a game because of suspension, but he's averaging 15.8 yards per catch. He, his 2.26 yards per route run is also an elite number. I mean, over two is phenomenal. Julio's at 1.9, which is really good. Godwin's at 1.89, also good. Rashad Perryman's at 1.33, and Russell Gage is at 1.1. Um, Evans has produced at least 60 receiving yards in every game he has played this season. He's also averaging 10.9 yards per target, which is second best mark of his nine-year career. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, Godwin ran 22 pass routes in the first half of last week's game, but just five in the second half against Atlanta. He's still nursing an injury. But this is bonkers, too. Over the course of the year, Brady's completing 84% of the passes that are targeted for Godwin. So, still doing good things. Uh, This isn't so great. I mean, the Steelers have allowed five different wide receivers to rack up 100 receiving yards or more through five games, and that doesn't even include Jacoby Myers, who ended the day with 95 receiving yards for the Bucs. A tight end to watch. Gronk is out of the mix, and Brait was uh, concussed last week, didn't play. But rookie Cade Otten was a big contributor last week for these guys. He ran 49 routes on 53 of Brady's dropbacks. That ninety-two and a half route participation is right at the top of the league for tight ends, I and mean, that's Kelsey-like numbers. Uh, his seven targets in that game was one more than he'd gotten in any other games combined in his career. And four four tight ends played a higher percentage of their team snaps last week, so he was a major, major contributor. I mentioned how they were throwing to backs. Fournette caught ten passes in, in last week, led the team in targets. He has the second most targets and receiving yards on the Bucs, but the most receptions. Austin Eckler is the only running back in the league with more catches than Leonard Fournette. Um, Fournette also has 280 rushing yards this year. No other Buccaneer has more than 35 rushing yards. Fournette has 74 rushing attempts. The rest of the team has combined for 32. Uh, He blew up in week one, 127 yards, and then... But since then, he only has 153 yards on 53 carries over the last four games. I mentioned Rashad White, the rookie. Uh, His role is growing. Really good receiving back. Over the past two games, White has played 40% of the offensive snaps and ran a route on 38% of the dropbacks. So that is really spiking for him. Um, Bucks only ran for 69 yards last week. They averaged just 3.1 yards per rushing attempt for the season. Only 20% of their rushing attempts have generated a touchdown or first down. That's 31st in that metric. Over the last three weeks, only 9.8 of Tampa's yards have come via the ground. <laughs> That's the lowest percentage of the league over that stint. Not even 10% of their yardage is coming on the ground. I mean, it's crazy over three weeks. Um, explosive plays, big thing in the NFL nowadays. Passes of 20 plus yards, runs of 10 or more. Uh, Tampa has 25 explosives. That's only better than Carolina, Dallas, the Bengals, and Rams. Um, as you probably are aware, the Steelers did not record a sack last week. Highsmith, Alex Highsmith has five and a half sacks this year, but no one on the team has multiple sacks. Uh, Brady's only been sacked on 3.3% of his dropbacks, fourth best in the NFL. Uh, you'll hear me say this over and over and over. Sacks are as much a quarterback stat as they are an offensive line stat. Uh, Brady just doesn't really take sacks. Uh, you know, I'm a big yards per play guy as well. Buffalo averaged 10.2 yards per play against the Steelers last week. I mean, every time they snapped the ball, they got over 10 yards. I mean, insane. So the first week of the season, first three weeks, um, Tampa's offense was 31st in EPA per drive. The Bucks' offense ranked sixth in the same statistic over the over the last two weeks. So the last two weeks have been much much better. Uh, you know, so so right now they're at 19th in EPA per play. But again, the first three weeks, they were 31st combined. Last two, they've been 6th. So they're 8th in EPA per dropback, dead last in EPA per rush attempt. That probably comes as no shock after listening to this. But the Steelers D is 26th in EPA against the run, 11th against the pass, 20th overall. Steelers defense allows 7.5 yards per pass attempt. I mean, that's incompletions. That's interceptions. Only five defenses are worse. Bad. Uh, Steelers have allowed 28 plays of 20 or more yards. 31st in the league. The Steelers have allowed 91 points over their past three games. Just let that settle for a minute. And lastly, here's some snap count stuff. Um, Steelers have played 366 defensive snaps this year. They have four players that have been on the field for 318 or more. That's Minka, 363, Cameron Sutton, 336, Miles Jack, 332, Alex Highsmith, 318. And if you contrast that, for example, with Tampa, all of a sudden injuries are really starting to hit this, this defense, especially the secondary. I told you this one yesterday, but if you can compare it with with Tampa, they've played 345 defensive snaps a season. Devin White, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Jamal Dean, Mike Edwards, between the five of them have missed a total of three defensive snaps. So, a little bit of difference (laughs) in terms of continuity and playing the same guys and trust and all those wonderful things. That's a wrap for today. Over and out.